From the heartland of America, focused on God, family, and country, the mouthpiece of the Midwest, this is Dale Carter's America. Hello again, my friends, and the times that we live in. I am Dale Carter, he is Kurt Wheeler, and we are here to probably, you know, inform you of what's going on out here, give you our opinions, give you something to fight back with when people get in your face and say things that you don't agree with, and we've got a lot of that today. These are definitely interesting times that we live in. I've always heard, Kurt, that you should live in interesting times. Yeah. And we do. Yeah. I mean, the history that we're we're living through every day is something we've never been through, and maybe we don't want to go through it again. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but w- greetings, my friends, and welcome back to uh, Dale Carter's America. We are sponsored in part by Bob Watson, State Farm Agent in Blue Springs. Uh, you can find him at 7th and Main in Blue Springs, 816-229-7878. Auto Home Life Commercial Insurance, he'll do your boats because it is definitely boating season, licensed in Missouri and Kansas, and a little Later in this podcast, I'll give you some ideas of things maybe you haven't even thought about that you want to insure. Bob Watson can give you a quote, surprisingly great rates at State Farm, and he and his team will definitely take care of you at 816-229-7878. Up top this morning, kudos to Missouri Governor Mike Parson. He signed legislation that does three things, Kurt. Eliminate so-called gender-affirming care. Don't you love how they, they attach benign phrases to things like that? Yeah, affirming gender-affirming care. It just seems so nice, right? Otherwise known as hormones and puberty blockers and chopping off... And lopping off things. The the perfectly functional genitals of kids. Which, you know, you can do as if you want as an adult, but in Missouri, you won't be able to do it as a minor. Um, And it also, I love this too, it eliminates it completely for prisoners. If you're in prison, you're in prison. Yeah. That's how it's happened, though. They, there have been cases of uh, of prisoners getting, in some cases, state-funded uh, surgeries and uh, gender-affirming care, quote-unquote. And then there's also, obviously, we've been we've had cases of, of men who have all of a sudden wanted to be women, gone to women's prisons, and then committed sexual assault and other violent crimes against women just because they say that they're women. So hopefully we'll put an end to that, too. Trust me, if you go to a men's prison, they'll make you a woman soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're pretty enough to, to pay, well, it's, I'm so pretty, Kurt, that I don't want to ever go to prison. Yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> yeah, if I if I went to prison, I'd have to cut my hair off. I think you definitely would. You'd need to shave all that <laughs> hair off. Um, and also, he did another thing too, uh, prohibiting biological males from playing in women's sports. I just saw a poll before I got in here this morning that um, nationally polling is starting to go the other way on this that people are looking at this and going, eh, it doesn't pass the sniff test. It's not fair. I heard there was like a cyclist somewhere in a bicycling race, um, a woman, quote unquote, man uh, with a penis and all that, and he beat the women in the race by like five or seven minutes. I mean, it wasn't even close. Wow. And, you know, people out there, the real common sense Americans, and there are a lot of them, are saying... This just isn't fair to women. Transgender cyclist Austin Killips has won a North Carolina race by a whopping five minutes, prompting the second place finisher to declare that her power was not comparable and suggest a separate category for trans athletes. Yeah. Call yourself whatever you want, especially if you're an adult. I don't really give a shit what you do. Um, But don't compete (laughs) against women. Your 2023 BWR Asheville women's winner is 
Austin. Hey, way to go, Austin. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Look at there's nobody behind him. D- does he tuck it up and under when he rides the bike? Because I always felt riding a bike, man, and it, it, all the stuff down there would like, you know, you hurt. gotta you gotta lay it down in front. You know, you have the seat. <laughs> You got to lay it down in front. Don't tuck it underneath. Lay it in front. Hey, the important thing about these three bills in Missouri is that they will sunset in 2027. That was a compromise they had to make with Senate Democrats in the Missouri Senate. And that's why elections matter. Okay? Yeah. Because, you know, you want to have an overwhelming majority so you don't have to compromise like this. Uh, but just know that 2027 is coming fast. And the three things that Mike Parson signed will sunset in 2027. All right, let's move on here. A couple of uh, sponsors here. Uh, One is a brand new sponsor, and we are glad to have them with us, and that is MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. Not Kurt, but Kirk Doris and his company. And, And what they do is they take all the confusing stuff about Medicare and simplify it. So if you're turning 65 or if you've got parents who are in that age group and it's coming at them fast and they're not going to understand it, uh, you need Kirk Doris and his company. Jay Ackerman says, I attended a Medicare Simplified workshop six months prior to turning 65 and it proved to be a huge help. Kirk Doris made the entire Medicare maze simple to understand and based on my circumstances was able to quickly show me my options and allowed me to choose. I never felt like I was being pressured or sold, and when I have sought his assistance, he's quick to respond. He's earned both my respect and my business. Medicare Simplified KC, you can find them at 3600 South Nolan Road in Independence. Uh, They're on the web at a very simple website, MedicareSimplifiedKC.com. If you are 65 or approaching 65 or somebody in your family is, check them out, okay? The phone number, if you want to call them at the office, is 816-701-6661. It's the government, so you know it's a maze. You need help, 816-701-6661. And, of course, our longstanding sponsor, Funhouse Pizza, Jim Dingman and the gang there, two locations, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit. They're also on 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Fun is in the name, right? Yep. I saw you just pulling up a cartoon I put up. Speaking of fun. Well, that that the reason that that was up on the screen, sorry to put a pause on the uh on the the ad here, but uh that post got blocked. Did Facebook. it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll just tell you. It was from the Simpsons, right? Yeah. And it said I remember a day when blowing a tranny had more to do with an automotive problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than it does now. Yeah. And a friend of mine put that up and I stole it from them and one of his more liberal people uh questioned and said, "How is this helpful? How is this helpful, Kurt?" I mean, how is <laughs> uh, you know how it's helpful it's it's because we got to laugh yeah you know well Take- that's what i was saying before you know that week that the that you and i got got in a little tiffy over the, the whole trump situation i mean we, we you know you got to laugh at some of this stuff because it's just so ridiculous but it is so ridiculous now you're not even going to get a rise out of me today yeah. I, I am in so <laughs> laugh mode right now it's just nothing can phase me yeah uh, so thank you jim dingman for being part of the deal here and if you got a birthday party or any other gathering of your family maybe you do a family reunion in june um uh, funhouse pizza would be a fantastic place to do it pizza's great drinks are cold a great fun atmosphere and uh, jim dingman a 
fine American. Tomorrow is Flag Day. Uh, not the not the pride flag. I'm talking about the United States flag that flies behind me as we're doing the podcast. It's the flag that guarantees you the right to do whatever you want to do, right? It's the flag of freedom. And uh, tomorrow, I guess this will post tomorrow, right? Yep. On June 14th? Yep. Um, that is flag day. So make sure you're flying your flag. I know Jim Dingman will. And if you go to Funhouse Pizza, pull up your damn pants. Okay, uh, let's talk about our two-tiered justice system because it is on display in neon lights. Uh, and I want to go back in time here a little bit and talk about Trump's first impeachment. I heard a story yesterday that if he somehow won the presidency, he'd be impeached immediately, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's go for the trifecta. He's the only president in history who's been impeached twice. Yeah. So why not three times? Oh okay. yeah, they they probably impeach him three times the second time. He got he got <laughs> impeached twice the first time, so they have to step it up, you know, and they got to pump up those numbers. Okay, first impeachment. He has a phone call with Zelensky, right? The the head of the Ukraine. Yeah. Right, and he wants to investigate Joe Biden for what happened with the firing of this prosecutor, and it all ties back to that. Okay, everything that we're talking about with Joe Biden ties back, I think, to that uh, phone call. Remember when Joe Biden said, oh, yeah, I told him if they didn't fire that guy, I'd cut off their aid. Yeah. By God, they fired that guy, didn't they? Well, that guy was investigating Hunter Biden. So this this it's a maze and it all goes back to this thing. Okay, Um, the reaction from my my friends in the media and uh, friends on Facebook and all that. Oh, you've got the clip of this. Yep, yep. Oh, do play that. I remember going over convincing our team, our <clears throat> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Yeah. Now, let's, let's run that video at his impeachment hearing. Because he's, he's admitting it. Now, I, I was wrong. It wasn't Zelensky who was president. It was somebody else who was president at the time. But that prosecutor was investigating Hunter Biden. Yeah. Um, so, and and on Facebook and the folks on the other side, remember how they screamed like stuck pigs? They they impeached Donald Trump because it's like in this country we don't go after our political opponents. <laughs> that makes us into a banana republic. We yeah. would never do that. Yeah, everything is totally flipped on its head now. It's amazing. Like the the idea that we don't go after our political opponents that's gone out the window because now they're going after Trump. For the same thing that Biden did, arguably Biden did it worse with the documents and everything. And Hillary Clinton certainly did it, uh, and many others have as well. But even like with Ukraine, you know, at the time that that video was recorded, everyone was very critical of Ukraine because of the corruption, because of everything that was going on there at the time. 
and that's what he's speaking to. He's speaking to not only the dealings with his son, but he's speaking to the general corruption that exists in the country. And you had mainstream, we've gone over it on the podcast before, you had mainstream outlets like PBS, NPR, NBC talking about Ukrainian corruption. He's making a big deal of holding back $1 billion. Now we're sending $1 billion to Ukraine like every day. You know, we're, it's like Maybe every, every hour. Week. Yeah, every week it seems like yeah. it's another $5 billion, another $10 billion, right. another $20 billion. So it's yeah. amazing how things change like that. Well, it, it just the, the hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is one of the things we identified early on in this podcast that we wanted to call out. Um, one of the Congress people involved mentioned that um, Hillary Clinton basically got off uh, for the same thing that they're indicting Donald Trump for, right? And she said something about Hillary smashing up all this equipment and all that. Keith Olbermann at MSNBC about had a stroke over that and said she was hallucinating. She had no idea what she was talking about. And Keith Olbermann now has been fact-checked by folks like NPR and Snopes that, in fact, Hillary Clinton did destroy these things to uh, get rid of the evidence. And Hillary's gloating about this. Yeah. It's Oh, yeah, she's been... Tweeting out the picture, the uh, but her emails picture. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. So, you know, and then Charles Grass, or Grassley, the uh, senator from uh, Iowa, now he's got to back this up with evidence here at some point. He says there are tapes that exist that were held as insurance by somebody who dealt with the Bidens on all this stuff. Now, if those tapes come out, that's going to be a bad day for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... It's a matter of time before the other shoe drops on the Biden stuff. Um, but the problem is nobody is really curious about it. The The intelligence community is not looking into it. Uh, they're, look, they're spending all their energy looking into Trump because they're a politicized, corrupt yeah. group of people, unfortunately. Well, and what about the interesting timing involved here? Um, Comer comes out with um, his meeting with um, FBI Director Ray. Um, and the fact that even though Jamie Raskin comes out and lies about the meeting, just flat out lied, that Christopher Ray said, he, Raskin says that, that Ray says, there's nothing there. This thing has been dropped. And that's not what happened in the meeting. Comer comes out and says, oh, no, there's a document and there's a lot more that we're going to dig out. Well, the day that happens, that's when the Trump indictment comes down. Yeah. Interesting timing, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anything's happening on accident with this anymore. Um, and have you seen the reaction from the other side? It's like it's Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. String up the lights. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. You know, they're all celebrating. It's indictment day. And I got to tell you, if anything comes down with Joe Biden, uh, and, and I'll, I'll say this about Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. We're going to talk about him a little bit more later in the podcast. He struck the right tone. He said, this is not good. This is sad. This is not good for the country. And you're hearing that more and more from people who are serious about things. But the people on the left and the media, my God, do you really want to celebrate this? Would we celebrate Joe Biden being, you know, indicted? We wouldn't. It would be a sad day for the country. Well, I mean, we would celebrate it if it was justified, if it was an actual... I'm not stringing Christmas lights over this. No, no. And and celebrate, you know, is a, is a loose term. I mean, we we would be happy if justice was carried out in a proper way against somebody who's broken the law. Um, but just for the sake of, like, politics, you know, I don't think we would, but... Well, and I will say this about Donald Trump. Um, he's not helping himself here. Mm -hmm. He did not help his case. 
at all. And, and I look to people like Jonathan Turley, um, Alan Dershowitz, uh, Bill Barr, people like that who I think are serious, who uphold the Constitution, who believe we're a country of laws. And Turley and Dershowitz typically are blowing the Democrat argument out of the water, even though both of them are Democrats. But on this one, uh, they say this one's a little bit more serious and and probably politically motivated, yes. But again, Trump's not helping himself. It does not help Donald Trump when he knows he's being recorded and he says, hey, look at this. Look at this. I got this over here. This is secret. This is secret. Here, have a look. When, does, did, when did he say that? That does not help. You've not heard those tapes? Uh-uh. Yeah, the tapes are out there. Does not help. Now, I will say this, that in court, you could blow that out of the water because it's an audio tape. You have no idea what documents he's referring to. But right. I'm just saying, he's not helping himself. Yeah, I mean, you have to be really careful with with these people because they're going to come after you with every little shred that they possibly Don't have. Don't give them I mean, anything. Don't help them. They're they're coming at you from every angle. They're they're looking at you know they're trying to dig up dirt on you from some chick that said she had a inappropriate encounter with you thirty years ago. Uh, anywhere from that to phone calls, you know, they're wiretapped during 2016, they wiretapped your offices. I mean, they're coming after you hard. So, well, they uh, made up the whole Russian collusion thing. Yeah. And beat that drum for how long? Yeah. And they're going to keep going until he's in jail. I mean, I really think so. And and the the goal of this is to is to put him in jail. Uh number 1, and number 2 is just to tie his hands for the entire campaign. I mean, we already saw with the the last indictment i mean it's it's like getting hard to keep track of now but i think the one um around uh the one that he was went to court for in new york i guess it was around the lady or something i don't even remember it's, yeah somebody who says he was inappropriate with her like 20 years ago or something yeah so <laughs> that one the court uh the actual trial is set to start in spring of next year yeah. so that's not an accident i mean right. that's Prime, you know, right when the campaign is is picking up. So they're doing all this on purpose. The timing is not an accident. They're trying to put him in jail or they're trying to tie his hands so that he can't campaign. Well, you know, and they don't care that they're destroying the country at the same time because mm-hmm. half of the country voted for this guy. Right. Right. Um, I mean, we could quibble, quibble over the numbers, but 75 million people voted for this guy. Um, I question, have they overplayed their hand? Because I get what their strategy is. Their strategy is to weaken him, knowing that he's the probable nominee, weaken him to the point that, you know, when he runs against Joe Biden, he's going to lose because of the same reason that he lost last time. Uh, those same people who didn't vote for him last time wouldn't vote for him again because he's weakened. But they may well have overplayed their hand on this. Yeah, and if you, that's that's a good point. And if if they overplay their hand too much, if they really show how politicized and corrupt our justice system is, and more people start paying attention to that, it's going to draw Trump uh, more support. I think even yeah. from across the aisle or from the middle, from independents who are just tired of of you know the corruption. I think that'll help Trump in the long run. We're going to have a new segment on the uh, podcast, which I'll get to a little bit later on. And I sent uh, Dr. Mark Taormina a a note um, because he's going to renew with us for the rest of the year. Right on. We're glad to have him back. Um, And (laughs) I I don't want to tie him to it just yet, but I said this could be a great segment for you to uh, sponsor moving forward. It is the 
Full of Shit Award. So we're going to get to that coming up at the end of the podcast. It is not officially sponsored by uh, Dr. Mark Taramina. <laughs> it's not officially not sponsored officially. by him. We're just going to mention him right before we talk about it. <laughs> Midwest GI Health. They're the folks that are doing the colonoscopies. And they're set up. It's one-stop shopping right there in Lee's Summit. Um, 816-836-2200. Uh, they are on the web at MidwestGIHealth.com. And again, I beg of you, if you are 40 Five or older, and you have not had your colonoscopy yet, get it. We're seeing more and more unnecessary deaths from colon cancer. It is so preventable. Get yourself screened. If they've got some polyps or whatever, they'll take care of those, and then you come back in five years. No polyps, you come back in 10 years. It's a great way to take care of the, the one of the things that you can control in your life, and that's getting the, um, getting the colonoscopy, right? Yeah, so, your health. You can you have good control over your health. You know, eat right, go to the doctor when you have to, get uh, get your pipes cleaned and checked, and and all that. These are the guys who will get it done for you, and gals too. You know, you want a female doctor? That's important to you. They've got a great one there at uh, Midwest GI Health. MidwestGIHealth.com, serving this entire area from Lee's Summit, Missouri. Eight one six eight three six twenty two hundred. Get your colonoscopy. All right. Is that enough? Have I beat you up too much on that today? <laughs> I wouldn't beat Kurt. Kurt's like nowhere near 45, which pisses yeah. me off. But, um, yeah. When you get closer, to, if you're if we're still doing this and you're close to 45 and Dr. Mark's still with us, I'm going to beat the drum loudly in and your ear. I don't know what year that would be. That would be like 2040, something like that. Yeah, you know, I won't be we'll doing have, the, uh, yeah, I won't be doing the podcast in 2040. Baron, Baron, Baron Trump will be Baron Trump will be president and uh you know, one thing I do know about the year 2040, that new roof I'm putting on my house from Royal Roofing and Solar is still going to be doing a great job. There you go. Over Casa del Carter, whether I own it or not. Royal Roofing and Solar, Austin Watterson's great company there in Cass County, 816-540-7057. you got to have a roof on your house, and these are great folks who will get it done for you. Locally owned and operated, Austin still recovering from his bypass surgery, doing great. He's out there walking all over the place. Um, I met his son who just graduated from high school, who's working in the company. I mean, this is a family-owned company uh, that's going to be around for a long time to back up whatever they do at your house. 816-540-7057. It's Royal Roofing and Solar. Um, And solar's in the name because you could own your utilities rather than renting them. If that interests you, talk to Austin and his team about it. Tax credits, grants for small rural business, and ag producers, too, with Royal roofing and solar okay i thought we could do some pickings from the campaign trail as we get into campaign we're into campaign season oh yeah yeah uh, starts earlier and or earlier every time <laughs> joe biden doesn't know that yeah because he's still and he's probably eating too much ice cream kurt because did you hear he has to have a root canal oh no i mean a, a full-on root canal yeah, that, that's the chocolate chocolate chip for an 80 year old guy i mean that's not that's not good so he's not on the campaign trail first lady Dr. Jill Biden is out there campaigning for her husband, Joe Biden. I've visited red states and blue states, and I found that the common values that unite us are deeper than our divisions. And um, I thought you might clap for that. 
That's pretty bad. It's pretty sad <laughs> when you got to stop and wait for an applause line. And I'll take you back to uh, Memorial Day when I was at Arlington in the amphitheater and President Biden spoke. Um, I would say there was a smattering of applause at the end of his speech. And that's, I mean, that's a no-brainer. That's an easy one, right? Yeah. To get a big st- – he got a standing ovation, I think, and it was slow. It was kind of like one guy got up and then – you ever been in a crowd like that where you really don't want to do it, but you feel like if you don't, you're going to be the only one sitting down? So it was a chance to stretch my legs. I mean, it was a long, long day. I think this goes back to the uh, the Jeb Bush Everyone was comparing this to Jeff yeah, Bush. Yeah, I think yeah, this yeah. is the, clip. In the interest of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. Yeah. Please clap. <laughs> well, obviously, Jeb Bush didn't get it done, right? I always like Jeb Bush, too. I think he's a very smart guy. Yeah. yeah I, know, I know. You know. He's a dud, man. All right, he's fine. He's a total dud. All right, fine. Okay, so Biden, um, they say maybe he'll get on the campaign trail. Maybe he won't. I still wonder in the back of my mind, Kurt, whether he's going to run or not. And you know who else wonders if he's going to run or not? Is Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is the guy. Think about Joe when he's taking a nap or when he nods off. Gavin Newsom is the guy who walks over with a mirror and holds it under his nose (laughs) to see if he's still steaming it up or not. (laughs) And I know I'm going a little bit out of order here, but uh, Gavin Newsom is that guy. Um, He went on Hannity's show on Fox News Channel. Why would he do that, right, if he weren't there in the bullpen warming up in case Joey can't get there? Yeah, and he's been uh, yeah, he's, he's been uh, traveling around a lot, too. Yeah, and when he was in the White House, Joe wasn't there. Remember that when he had the shirt sleeves rolled up? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was in there measuring the drapes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like him or the pharaoh here in Kansas City. Who would crawl over Joey B's not even cold body yet to get to the Oval Office? I don't think uh, Mayor Q is quite he, – he's not quite um, – He thinks he is. Yeah, he thinks he is, but he's still – What's the word? He's still aging, you know. He's yeah. he's still aging in the barrel. He needs one more like big jump up into national politics, you know, maybe uh a few more shootings in Kansas City that he can go on TV and talk about and then maybe he'll be ready for well, <laughs> for a, I've, I've a told, national run. I've told you my dream matchup for 2024 is DeSantis versus Newsom. Let's have the debate over whether we as Americans want Florida or California. Mm. Because, you know, Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco, which is, you talk about a shithole third world country now. That's a beautiful city that yeah. they've turned into an outdoor latrine. Yeah. Um, and Gavin Newsom was the mayor. And now he's the governor. Didn't he go through? He went through a recall vote. Yep. And he barely survived the recall vote. People are leaving the state of California in droves. Yeah. Why are they doing that? And people are moving to Florida. Why are they doing that? Okay, but uh, uh, Gavin said some good things with Sean Hannity. He said that during COVID, um, he and Donald Trump had a great relationship. There was no politics involved in it. He said great things about Donald Trump. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing for him or a bad thing for Donald Trump. To there be were honest. people on the left who came out and couldn't believe he did that. Yeah. Um, you know, there are there's a lot to disagree with about with Gavin Newsom about the future of our country. And again, I want to have that debate. I'm sick of having the debate about who had documents next to their toilet, who had documents next to their their uh, Corvette, you know, who's older, who's going to make it up the ramp and not fall down. I mean, I want to have a debate about policy. You know, I, I know you to an extent like the sideshow and, and I get that. But at some point, we got to have a 
we got to have a frank discussion about what's the best way forward for this country. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think that's super important. And um, that's why people like Vivek are, are very yeah. useful to, to a campaign yeah. um, or to a primary because they kind of bring that policy, you know, very substantive candidates and things, very smart candidates. But I mean, the, the reality of the situation is that most people don't really care that much. Like we we talked uh, either last week or the week before. I think it was last week about the budget, uh, the debt ceiling negotiations. Like ninety five percent of people just don't give a shit. It's not on their radar. They don't have the patience. They don't have the time for it. They care about the price of gas. They care about the price of groceries. They care about who looks better to them. You know who's more appealing personally to them. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to, I think, for most people. Well, Gavin Newsom, just to wrap up this thing on him, one of the things that you and I would vehemently disagree with him on, he has proposed a 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which would uh, uh, curtail gun rights. Mm -hmm. It would not repeal the Second Amendment, which is sacred to a lot of people, but it would put restrictions on it. And I, I compare that to the 19th Amendment. Uh, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution was when Prohibition happened, right? We're not going to have any alcohol in this country. All it did was create more alcohol in this country, mm -hmm. just in a different kind of a way. So then they had to repeal the 19th with the 21st. I don't think there's traction to get a 28th Amendment done, but surely if they did, it would ultimately be repealed. Should we watch the video? Yeah. Every time, it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment. And the thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. I'm here to say that's a lie. In this country, we do have the power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Her ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment permanently enshrines four additions to the laws of Here our land. Go. It raises the minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. Anything on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, at 18, you can go in the Army, the Marines, Navy, and the Air Force. And you can't buy a gun and you in this can country? Vote. You can vote at 18, too. So. Yeah. So you, you ridiculous. Can, people, you can vote for the people who are going to take your gun rights away. But Let you me can't say one more thing before you go on, because I know that there's three other points on here. Um, he talks about terrorism in this country. The Two of the biggest terrorist attacks in this country, uh, one was done with airplanes and box cutters, yep. not guns. Yep. And the other one was done with a fertilizer truck in Oklahoma City. Yep. So bad people will do bad things. Yeah. You don't have to destroy the Constitution here. Uh, bad people will do bad things. Yeah. And also, you know, they want to make you think that it's right-wing, white supremacist extremists that are doing the violence. And that's just not, not true. the case. <laughs> what? Because if you can't buy a beer, you shouldn't be able to buy a gun. It mandates universal background checks. Okay. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think it's stupid. Don't we already do background checks? Yeah. So the, the whole background check conversation, I mean, this is going to be an aside here, but people don't understand how it works. Okay. So you go to a gun store, you go to a gun show. Anytime you buy a gun from a, an FFL, which is a federally licensed firearms dealer, 
you must pass a background check every time, no exceptions. Okay. The, What's the, this gun show loophole they talk about? So the, what they call the gun show loophole is private sale or private transfer. So if you so, sell me a gun. So if I have a gun and let's say it's your birthday and I'm, Dale, happy birthday. I bought you a shotgun. I can give it to you. Um, if, if I have, you know, if, or say you have a son or a nephew or something, you, you're, you're getting older, you want to pass down. That's very common, you know, like dads or grand or grandparents right. pass down their gun collections to their kids, to their grandkids. That's a private transfer. Uh, so you can legally do that. you you don't have to fill out any paperwork. You don't have to pass a background check. You just give it to them. Um, and that makes sense because, you know, you, we're, we don't want all this bureaucracy of people just giving things to their kids. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, the the quote-unquote gun show loophole, you can go to a gun show and find a private transfer. It's very rare. And more often than not, we're talking about, like, collectibles, uh, vintage guns, antiques, collectibles. Right. I mean, you could count on one hand. I mean, it's it's so exceedingly rare for somebody to go to a gun show, buy a gun through a private transfer, and then go kill people with it. Because the private transfer that's happening at the gun show, you're either getting like a part to a gun that's not a complete gun, or you're getting like an antique Colt single action revolver or something. It's literally like there's a guy there who, just like you, went to the gun show. He has his you know, antique M1 Garand or whatever that he's carrying around with him unloaded with the flag in it and stuff because they check it at the door. And you can go up to him and be like, hey, how much? And, you know, and buy it from him. Okay. So, but but it, you're, you're you, you know, that what they make it seem like is you can just walk into a gun store and be like, give me the loophole. I want the gun show loophole. I saw this, uh, <laughs> this clip uh, from some movie and I forget who it was, but... Uh, the, this idea, the idea that people have of like purchasing firearms is so outlandish. Right. There was some movie and this guy walks into like a grocery store. Let me see if I can find it. By the he, way, Gavin Newsom looks like Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also looks like uh, the guy from American Psycho. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to be able to find it right now. Okay. Maybe I'll find it well, later. But let's go back to well, let's go back to Gavin because yeah. I want to I want to hear the rest of this. And again, he looks like Chris. I'm the guy at a restaurant, Kurt, that's going to say, "Look at that guy over there. He looks just like that, right?" So I don't know. I just I saw him. And I thought he looked like Chris Collinsworth. To prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that can be used in a crime. So I'm going to stop there again. I'm sorry. So to the he wants to. Create universal background checks so that we can prevent truly dangerous people from committing a crime. We have truly dangerous people right now getting guns and committing crimes. They're doing it on the black market. It has nothing to do with the quote-unquote gun show loophole yeah. or not back. They're not going to a gun store, legally buying a gun, and then going and killing people. They're getting fully automatic pistols. They're getting Uzis, which are illegal. Since ni- like the well, 1920s. they're already criminals. We've covered yeah, this. They're since the 1920s. Criminals. So yeah. the people that he's talking about, this law would have n- zero effect on. It institutes reasonable waiting periods for all gun purchases. You got something on that? I, Again, you could pass whatever law you want to, and you can't stop somebody from doing harm if they want to. What we need to do, and I've talked about it many times, is enforcement, right? Put people in prison. Put them in for a long time, and if they murder somebody, put them in prison for life, regardless of what color they are. Yeah, that would solve all of this. 
Yeah, there's no point to instituting mandatory waiting periods other than to punish people. I mean, that's the only reason to do this. Why, why, why is that necessary? You know, how long is the waiting period? Who gets to decide? You know, does it depend on well, your Kurt, background? Does it depend on what kind of gun you get? If you're going to go in and do harm and you go buy a gun, maybe a cooling off period. It'd be like a timeout. It's like, Kurt, we're going to put you in timeout. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. No. And it bans civilians from buying assault rifles. Again, what is an assault rifle? We've had that discussion many times. I mean, this is the easiest one to debunk. Yeah. And also what he's about to say right here. Those weapons of war our founding fathers never foresaw. That's just a lie, first of all. I mean, <laughs> we had, I've. oh man, this just like What the founding fathers had were the weapons I know, of war exactly. The they had privateers, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this again, they had privateers in the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, private fishing boats with cannons and machine guns when they had them in the Civil War, certainly, yeah. to defend our ports. Civilians had weapons of war. That is the point of the Second Amendment. First, and second of all, Every weapon is a weapon of war. Name me one weapon that isn't a weapon of war. Yeah. A knife is a weapon of war. They're used in war. A pistol is a weapon of war. A hammer is a weapon of war. Anything that's a weapon is literally a weapon of war. It's like a, it's like a, uh, what is it called when you say the same thing twice? I, I can't think of it. Redundant? The name. It's redundant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a weapon of war. Well, that would be uh, like saying it's a pencil for writing. Uh, as, yeah, of course. <laughs> as, we've, as we've discussed here, you know, a um, uh, truck full of fertilizer was a weapon of war. Box cutters were a weapon of war. Yeah. Passenger airplanes were a weapon of war. Yeah, any so, weapon that is used in a war is by definition yeah. a weapon of war. <laughs> All right, well, that's Gavin. Gavin said some reasonable things with Sean Hannity, but I don't think his 28th Amendment idea has any traction. And I'll have the debate with him over California and what he's done running California versus running the entire United States any day of the week. Yeah. The other Democrat I want to talk about is RFK uh, yeah. Jr. Um, his voice is terrible yeah it's he, it's really unfortunate man he's got some condition that that's really hurt his voice but what he's saying with that voice is very interesting first of all he went to the border he went to the southern border right he's saying things that the mainstream democrats and media don't agree with he's saying things like you know when biden came in the first thing he did was he tore up every executive order that donald trump did just because of politics. And you know what? He said, and we wouldn't agree with RFK Jr. on everything, but he said there were some things that Donald Trump did in signing those executive orders that were good for the country. Why tear them up just because you're the new guy? That's the that's the thinking of a kindergartner. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really uh I, I'm I'm actually really fascinated by by this guy. And I didn't really know much about him before. Right. But um He's talking about a lot of things. He's talking about the COVID vaccines uh, and vaccines in general. He got uh, banned from like every major platform right. during COVID for being critical of the COVID vaccine. He's since been proven to be absolutely correct on all that stuff. And he's talking also about something else that nobody else is talking about, which is like big pharmas and the pharmaceutical industry, the medical industry's total domination of politics and the media. He talks about uh, his time being friends with Roger Ailes uh, and how he couldn't go on to Fox News and talk about certain things because like 75% of their ad, ad budget came from pharmaceutical companies. Wow. Uh, the pharmaceutical lobby is by far the largest lobby in Washington, D.C., lobbying Congress, lobbying the departments and agencies in the federal government. 
Um, and he's calling all that out. Nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Uh, he also has some really interesting things to say about uh, his dad and about his uncle, who were both killed. And he believes that they were killed by the CIA, basically. And so there's some pretty con- convincing evidence for yeah. that as well. And a lot of that stuff might sound like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to a lot of people, you know, um, aluminum hat wearing and all that. Um in the interviews I've seen with him, he has steered away from that stuff. But I did find it interesting that I went to his Wikipedia page, and like the first lines in his Wikipedia yeah. page yeah. talk about you know his theories on COVID that have been debunked and all that. And it just makes me wonder if that's folks in the Democrat Party trying to torpedo this guy before he gets any traction. Yeah. Here's his Wikipedia page. The very first line, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. is an American environmental lawyer, politician, and writer who has promoted anti-vaccine propaganda and health-related conspiracy theories. I mean, it's like if— Who's going to vote for that guy? Yeah, it's kind of like the the enemy of my enemy is my friend thing, yeah. or like if the right people are are uh, attacking you, then you know you're onto something. It's mm. why Trump is so popular. And and it's like, if that is the first line of your Wikipedia article, then you're probably onto something. Yeah. You know, this well, guy probably has his finger on the pulse. And I, just thinking historically about the Kennedy family, I, I call them those pesky Kennedys. Because you go back to John F. Kennedy, okay? He was kind of like Barack Obama, um, uh, a new senator, you know, in the, in the Senate and all that. And he was running against Richard Nixon, in 1960, who was the vice president for Dwight Eisenhower, who by any measure of history had a very successful two-term presidency. Mm -hmm. Yet John F. Kennedy was able to beat Richard Nixon. Very tight election. Could well have been contested. If if, uh, Richard Nixon were Donald Trump, we'd still be talking about the election of 1960. What Nixon said was, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go away. There were a lot of questions about um, dead people voting in Illinois. There were questions about uh, the result in West Virginia, which turned out to be very pivotal. And Kennedy used to joke about it. He said, yeah, my my, my father my father told me he would only pay for so many votes, right? <laughs> so the pesky Kennedys win in 1960. Then you fast forward to 1976, You've got, um, actually 1980, you've got a weakened Jimmy Carter, who's president, right? Things aren't going well. The economy's not going well. Ted Kennedy committed um, a, a huge sin in politics. He challenged a sitting president. You just don't do that. I mean, you, you don't challenge the sitting president. Donald Trump wasn't challenged in 2020 by the Republicans, and yet Joe Biden finds himself being challenged by a Kennedy again. And you talk about RFK uh, Jr., you talk about his dad. Lyndon Johnson was the president in the 1960s after Kennedy was assassinated, and we were hip deep in the Vietnam War, very unpopular war. RFK challenged Lyndon Johnson. Johnson saw the handwriting on the wall and said, I'm out of here. I'm not even going to run. And then RFK got assassinated. Um, and the Democrats lost in 1968 to um, Richard Nixon. So, I mean, there you go. It's the pesky Kennedys. Here they come again. Now it's RFK Jr. He's saying a lot of things that are very reasonable that people could actually have a debate over with policy and not the carnival show, and the Democrats are trying to destroy him. Yeah, and I mean, he is, uh, like I said, I didn't know much about him before, but I've been watching a lot of videos of him and interviews and reading up on his stuff and uh he he is a, a traditional liberal in a lot of ways i mean he's he seems to be from what i can tell pro choice he see he's a big environmental guy 
um, and other things like that. You know, he has sort of more traditional Democrat policies, but he he's talking about a lot of things that I think can cross over to to Republicans. He's talking about corruption in the federal government, uh, our corrupt, you know, uh, system of uh, bureaucracy and, um, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and all this stuff. He's talking about censorship uh, and free speech issues, which are, are very important to a lot of conservatives. So, I mean, I think he's got potential for a lot of crossover. And based on what I'm seeing, I would certainly vote for him over you know, like a Chris Christie or something like that, you know, somebody boring and milk. Interesting. Toast. Well, we'll get to the Republicans here in just a second. That's kind of like the Democrats and where they are. Marianne, Marianne Anderson, is that her name? Williamson. Williamson. Yes. Williamson, Anderson, whatever. Yeah, the, um, uh, the, the witch doctor or whatever she's she not going to move the needle, <laughs> so we don't need to spend any time with her. Uh, the Republicans, I mean, really it's a two-man race. Donald Trump with a wide margin still over Ron DeSantis. I think DeSantis has kind of fumbled the rollout on this thing. Um, I still like him. I love what he's done in Florida. I think at some point he is going to be the president. It might not be 2024, but but I think he's done so much for the state of Florida that translates to the rest of the country uh, that he's going to be the president at some point. Did you see that uh, there was a poll where Trump has like 53 percent Mm-hmm. of Republicans, and they ask those voters, okay, we're going to force you to pick a second choice. And half of them pick Trump as their second choice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so he has he has feverish followers. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, a good video clip that I found from Fox News. They kind of, they talk about that poll, but they also talk about, you know, the DeSantis rollout and things like that. Check it out. Uh-oh. I have the spinning wheel of death. Hmm. All right, we don't have to watch it. Move on. Well, that guy looks like he just smelled a baby hairy fart <laughs> as he's frozen there. That's my dog, by the way. Yeah. And we switched his dog food, and now he's letting out these really stinky farts. Thought that- they went to Santa- oh, fine. See, I'm filling time while yeah. you're uh, getting that thing done. Got in. Yeah, he go ahead. start pulling votes away from Trump. But in, in, that, in fact, what's happening is he's pulling the votes away from other people who were anti-Trump. And so they're, you know, they're kind of rearranging uh, the bottom of, the, of the, the group. And, you know, you get more people in it and you're going to have more of it. I mean, it, it's, it's like a bunch of people standing in a river trying to redirect it. It's really difficult to, to take on Trump when more than half the people that are going to be voting are voting for him. Newt, your thoughts? Well, I mean, first of all, the last story of the last three months is that no matter what happens, Trump's supporters are for Trump, uh, and he's above 50 percent. Second, the DeSantis had a shot at consolidating, so it became a race between two people. He totally failed to do that. That's why you're seeing all these new candidates. And that means that instead of being one of two, DeSantis is now one of many and they're all, it's, it's like they're fishing in a small lake, yeah. and there's this huge lake next door called Trump, and they can't break into that lake. If it continues this way, Trump will be the nominee by the end of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert, does it help Trump to have more candidates there then? Absolutely. And going on what the speaker just said, one of the things we find funny is when we ask people second choices, even though we tell them you have to choose somebody other than your first choice, the Trump people always choose Trump again. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we just covered that, but that's exactly what's going on there. Uh, Two that had a rollout since the last time we gathered are Mike Pence and Chris Christie. And I put next to both of them, why? 
Yeah. Mike Pence running on the record of the candidate he's challenging. He was the vice president. He's running on the record. I think all he's trying to say is, look, I can bring you everything Donald Trump did without the sideshow. Well, he's kind of campaigning against Trump, too, in a way. I mean, I have this video. He did a, uh, a CNN town hall, kind of like Trump did. And, uh, well, watch this. I'm curious what you think. But to me, this is just totally disqualifying for him. Very sad. The Constitution well, of the sir, United States. Sir, on that, Donald Trump says he is, quote, inclined to pardon many members of the mob who attacked the Capitol on January 6th. Those people were, of course, part of the same mob who built gallows and chanted about wanting to hang you. Would you consider pardoning any of them? You know, on the day of January 6th, I issued a tweet demanding that people leave the Capitol and end the violence. And I said that those that failed to do that should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And I continue to believe that today. We cannot ever allow what happened on January 6th to happen again in the heart of our democracy. And I'll stand by the decisions and the due process of court in our laws. And uh, I, I have no interest or no intention of pardoning those that, that assaulted police officers or vandalized our capital. They need to be yeah. answerable to well, I mean, you think that's disqualifying. All I would say about January 6th is they need expedited trials. Let's move it on. If they, you know, if they trespassed in the Capitol or whatever, slap them on the wrist and let's move it on. Uh, to keep people squirreled away in cells for years with no trial, that's not American either. Yeah, it's, it's an insane miscarriage of justice. And, you know, the, the line of questioning by the CNN uh, reporter, quote unquote, is very predictable. And she's taking a very small handful of people, which we don't even really know what happened. But, you know, she's they had like a little replica, uh, you know, gallows or something like that, that like two people brought. And then there's a small group of people chanting this and that she's going to lump in everybody with that. You know, yeah. we, we have people that did nothing that went into the building after the cops escorted them in. And didn't break anything and have been in solitary confinement now for going on three years. That's crazy. And it's like, it's just unacceptable. And I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, it, I'm not like necessarily a single issue voter on this, but that kind of statement from Mike Pence is just totally disqualifying for me. And I would much sooner vote for somebody like RFK Jr. over, mm -hmm. uh, over somebody like Mike Pence, who is totally just establishment, boring, nothing new. On top of that, he is, you know repeating the same talking points about our sacred democracy in January 6th and all this, and it's just, no, that's well, not it. don't let your blood pressure get the better of you because he is not going to be the nominee yeah, for the Republican no, for, Party. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. neither is Chris Christie. And and I like Chris Christie because he's kind of like a bull in a china shop, but I watched his announcement wanting to like it, and I felt like, Kurt, I was back at the University of Southern Indiana in a history class because <laughs> yeah. it's like he gave a history lecture I mean, how is that inspiring? Yeah, and he's campaigning against Trump as well. Uh, it's like it's funny because this guy Mehdi Hassan, who's from uh, NBC, total lib, but uh, he put this video together, and it's like if if MSNBC can do a before and after on you, and it like actually makes sense and works, then you're in deep shit. Donald Trump made us smaller by dividing us even further and pitting one group against another. The line of supporting Donald Trump starts behind me. Um, I was the first elected official in America to endorse him in 2016, <laughs> prepped him for those debates, prepped him in 2020 for the debates. It ain't funny anymore. 
It's not amusing anymore. It's not entertaining anymore. It is the last throes of a bitter, angry man who wants power back for himself, not for you. I'm here tonight not only as the governor of New Jersey, but also as Donald Trump's friend for the last 14 years. Like Voldemort. <laughs> he is he who shall not be named. Not only a strong leader. I mean, you get the idea. Yeah, I get the idea. But what... I, I don't know if that was before or after what I happened to see when I tuned in. He was going through the litany of presidents, this president and that president. And I'm like, where the hell is he going with this other than boring the pants off everybody? Right, right. Yeah. So, again, why? And then, you know, I would say why. Why the rest of them? Because, you know, as, as uh, the, the guy who was on with Newt Gingrich said— a huge field benefits Donald Trump. And, and I heard that uh, every time a new candidate enters the race, they pop more champagne down at Mar-a-Lago. Mm -hmm. So it, it, to me, it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, I worry that we're not going to win in 2024 with Donald Trump. Um, to be determined. We'll see. And, and we're not even to the first primary yet. Something could happen. And I think that there are people in this race like Ron DeSantis who kind of secretly want Donald Trump to go to jail so that it disqualifies him and he can basically step in without getting his hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably have to. You know, he's going to have to take on Trump at some point. They had this, uh, this video that uh, DeSantis put out that I kind of found interesting. I'm pulling a lot of random yeah, yeah. Uh, clips on this episode, but I want you to watch this and see if you notice anything. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're all fired. All four are fired. What? You're fired. I didn't want you to fire. Today I walk in, I hear I'm going to fire him. I'm not firing him. I think he's a wonderful guy. Should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people ask me that question, and I did it right. Because if you do fire him, you're going to have a firestorm on the left again. Why, why did you feel unable to fire Fauci? Personally, you're not allowed to. Every time he goes on television, there's always a bomb. But there's a bigger bomb if you fire him. Frankly, you can't win that one. If I would have done it, I would have taken heat. You notice anything? Now go ahead. What's, what so, am I missing? I'm going to pause it right there. Yeah. These pictures of... Trump hugging and kissing Fauci right. are not real. They're oh, AI, they're not. They're, they're AI-generated images. Oh, And it's interesting because um, somebody else brought this up. This is not an original thing that I'm bringing up. But when you are making videos, uh, any video really, but especially campaign videos, it, there's you have to like give credit for your images mm -hmm. so um you know that's why things like getty images or you have to give credit to the specific photographer or reporter that that uh licensed the images so when you do that like with this this is a real picture so you would have to give credit for that image but then these are ai generated and also notice it says real life trump hmm. so what that makes me think and, and other people like i said have brought this up is that these images were created by the desantis team well i mean let's get to the the question that desantis is raising should he have fired fauci and i think i think that's honestly probably desantis's best line of attack against trump is is covid and fauci and the vaccines and everything um so i think he's making the right move here politically i, I just find it weird that they would do that but yeah um but yeah no i I think he absolutely should have fired Fauci. 
Okay. Well, we move on to uh, the segment called This and That, and we again thank uh, Bob Watson, State Farm agent, for five decades in Blue Springs, Missouri, 7th and Main in Blue Springs. That's where the office is, but like anything these days, he can take care of you on both sides of the state, uh, licensed in Missouri and Kansas, both both sides of State Line Road, um, for auto, home, life, commercial insurance, and boats, some things maybe you hadn't thought about that maybe you might want to get a quote on. Uh, you have jewelry and furs, you know. Uh, those things are expensive to replace. Um silverware, goldware that you might have. Um, are you doing adult daycare in your home? You definitely need to get insurance for that. Um, a nurse's professional liability. If you're in the nursing profession, you need that. Firearms, we've talked about a little bit. You can broaden your coverage and get higher limits. Bob Watson can uh, take you through every scenario and get you surprisingly great rates through State Farm. 816-229-7878. And again, the office at 7th and Main in Blue Springs. Check him out. Okay, this and that. A couple of things here. Um, a policy and results case study. Student loan forgiveness. Um, you, you know that Biden campaigned on this, right? And Congress said, that might exceed your authority. So with the help of some Democrats, which Biden won't mention, by the way, Democrats in both the House and Senate crossed over and voted uh, to basically pull him back a little bit. It's not a veto-proof majority, so of course he vetoed it. Supreme Court is ultimately going to weigh in on this, but carried to the logical conclusion Liberal policies, I believe, make people lazier, right? Because you're waiting for your check. We went through COVID on this, right? People were sitting there waiting on their check. As inflation went through the ceiling, people were waiting for their checks, and they didn't go back to work. And we're still having issues with employers trying to run their business without enough employees because people don't want to work, right? So it's made people lazier. But some people, Kurt, will excel on their own steam, right? And they'll make a lot of money because ambition and ambitious people will continue to do what they do. And we don't live in a zero-sum economy. We live in a growing economy where just because I make a lot of money doesn't mean you can't make a lot of money. Democrats want you to believe that, gosh, if, if Kurt's making a lot of money, you can't make money. And that takes us to play number two. Somebody has something you don't have, and that's not fair which is the, the logical conclusion of all of these liberal policies, which is why I hate them. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court is going to weigh in nine to nothing on this because it's clear from the Constitution that he does not have the authority to just wave a magic wand and say, okay, um, today it's student loans, and we're going to take away $400 billion of stuff you signed up to pay for, and we're going to have people pay for it who either paid off their loans or never even went to college. Yeah. That's not fair. Where is it at right now? I, I'm I haven't followed Biden up on has it in a vetoed while. it. Mm -hmm. He vetoed the bill that came out of Congress. So um, I don't know if they're going to move forward with that now and wait for the Supreme Court. Hopefully, again, the Supreme Court's going to weigh in on this. Mm. So I don't know exactly where it is right now. If those uh, forgiveness things have already started happening, and really, it's it's like a drop in the water. It's ten thousand dollars for student loan, twenty thousand if you got a Pell Grant. But think about the average student loan these days. It's, yeah, it's. I mean, that's a small percentage of it. Yeah, and it's also it's a uh, upper class. Oh, absolutely. It's like upper-class reparations. It's people that didn't go to college and are working blue-collar jobs, have been working for their entire life, 
paying for relatively more wealthy and affluent people to get uh, their loans paid off. So mm-hmm. it's like an upper class uh, tax credit reparation scheme. <laughs> so maybe we need our own play number two because that doesn't seem fair to me. No. Um, so the smoke from Canada has everybody's hair on fire on the left. Um, and, and I want to give you some things to kind of fight back with this. you got a clip that you want to play on this? Yeah. And then I want to, I want to give you some stuff to fight back with. Well, this is, uh, this is random. We're, we're going into conspiracy corner here, but a lot of people have been posting this video of the uh, fires. And if this vi- video is real, which I'm fairly certain it is, they appear to all start at the same exact time, which is kind of weird. All of Southeast Quebec just caught on fire, guys. This- Turn that off. <laughs> so, you, so you can see, no fire, fire. They all they all just start at the same exact time. That's a little weird. So I don't know what that is. There's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there about you know this and that, and I, I'm not gonna entertain any of that at this moment. But um, well, it's one thing is weird. clear: New York turned orange <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Maybe yeah. it was in support of Donald Trump. I don't know, but it yeah. was it was definitely orange. Um, so. In one voice, the left basically said, well, if you don't believe in global warming and climate change now, I'm not sure what we can do to change your mind. Yeah. Um, Okay. I go back to the basics on this. The planet is 5 billion years old. Is it warming now? It probably is. It's gone through ice ages. It's gone through uh, so hot that it can't support human life stages. I mean, it's been through everything. Are we impacting that a bit? I don't know. Maybe we are. But the planet's going to be fine. As George Carlin joked about, the planet's going to be fine. We are probably going away at some point. Can we measurably change it by all of a sudden everybody driving electric cars instead of gas-powered cars? I mean, where's the arrogance there? And again, the arrogance is that you can basically make a change and we're going to be in the Goldilocks era. Right. The high is always going to be 72 the low is always going to be this. We're going to get just the right amount of rain. <clears throat> so uh, when they say that's evidence, ask them what the evidence is, okay? And then ask them further. We need to push back, Kurt. Ask them further, what are they doing? What are you doing? Are you driving an electric car? And if so, is that even helping at all? <laughs> yeah. Do you live in a hut? Yeah. Or do you live in a house with air conditioning and electricity? When you plug in that electric car, if you bought one, what do you think's powering that electric car? Push back on these things with logical questions that you can ask them. Don't just let them run play number three, which is it's global warming, and then you cower in a corner and say, oh, my gosh, I'm killing the planet. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Lululemon. I guess it's a store I would never shop at, right? Well, you do like yoga pants, as we established. I last like week. looking at yoga pants on women. That does not make me a bad guy, by the way. I know it's Pride Month and all that, but I'm a red blooded American male, and I like looking at women in yoga pants. Don't tell my wife that, by the way. Um, so the CEO of Lululemon is standing by the firing of employees in Georgia who intervened when they saw somebody stealing. Lululemon has a zero-tolerance policy for intervening when people are stealing from them. Think about that. Run that back in your head. You will be fired if you intervene with somebody stealing something, and we have a zero-tolerance policy for that. Yeah. 
So why? Let's just go to Lululemon and steal shit. I mean, why is that? Seriously. I mean, can you, I mean, at one point in our country's history, Kurt, not that long ago, if you foiled a robbery in the store, you would be employee of the month. Yeah. Or, you know, if you, for that matter, uh, choked out somebody on the subway who was threatening to kill people, you would be considered a hero and, and given a, you know, given the keys to the city. But uh, that's not the case anymore either. So it's, it's now just, you get arrested for murder and you, you know, it's just gone upside down. And, and Dr. Mark Taromina just sent me a note and he said that he would happily sponsor the full of shit award All right. on Dale Carter's America. So now it is official. <laughs> and I've got a couple that, that kind of fill the pile here, but maybe we'll just focus on this one. Uh, the democratic governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, sure you've heard of him, doing something that no other state leader has ever done. This week, he signed into law a bill prohibiting libraries from banning books. We're not going to be like Florida. We're not going to ban any books. During the signing ceremony, the governor, who, by the way, wants to be president at some point, said regimes ban books, not democracies. He's full of shit. Yeah. Florida did not ban books. In Illinois, we don't hide from the truth. We embrace it and lead with it. Banning books is a devastating attempt to erase our history and the authentic stories of many, including people who suck dick in children's books. Yeah. I added that part. Again, you know, what DeSantis did down there, and when you're explaining, you're losing. So uh, I'll explain it a little bit, and then we're going to lean into it. That's a term that Kurt came up with uh, for the podcast that I really like. So I think when when we get somebody who wins the full of shit award, we need to lean into it. There's going to be a graphic that's going to come. I, I sprung this on Kurt today. Uh, so we'll get a graphic, and we'll put Dr. Mark Taramina in there um, at Midwest GI. Um, so kindergartners, first and second graders in Florida are not allowed to see explicit books. They move them to a different part of the library, and they don't have access to them. It was to protect five, six, and seven-year-olds. Do you, Governor Pritzker, really want five, six, and seven-year-olds looking at explicit materials in the library? Because if you do, we're going to lean into it. You know, Penthouse Forum used to be like one of my favorite collections of stories. You know, the stories that Penthouse Magazine yeah, would read print. it for the for the articles. You read it for the articles. Yeah. Um, so we should make sure that every five, six, and seven-year-old in Illinois has a subscription to Penthouse Forum. Yeah. Why not? Mine as well. And, you know, not with the pictures. You know, we don't want to be too gross about this, but they could read the stories and have them read to them, you know, (laughs) about serendipitous sex and all the things that I guess are okay in Illinois. We're going to lean into this. We want five, six, and seven-year-olds reading as much explicit material as as possible. Yeah, and if you don't want that in the uh, classroom, then you are for banning books. That's it. You're a danger to our sacred democracy. How dare you? We call that leaning into the issue. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next week, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.